Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians, chapter three, verses 15 through 21, called God's Rule in Relationships. Parallel text is Ephesians 5. You're to love her as Christ, what? Loves the church. You don't have to get everything. You just need to love her. So if she needs to cry, just give her a shoulder. If she needs to vent, give her an ear. Because that is what you're called to do, gentlemen. That's what love is. Love is not easy. Love, love that is easy is not really love at all, is it? Jesus said, it's easy to love those who love you. That's what everybody does. But when you love people who are challenging and difficult, even maybe your spouse this morning, and and I'm being serious, there's some marriages that are in trouble. I'm not painting with a broad brush, but I'm saying this. There's marriages in the Christian church that are in trouble. And they need healing. Husbands, Love, agapeo, your wives. And notice verse 19, don't be embittered against them. Here's the Greek word here. It means don't be harsh with them. If you have an NIV, it says don't be harsh with them. Don't be embittered. Could be translated stop being bitter or do not have the habit of being bitter. There's a story told about a pastor. This is not me, just so I can qualify the story. And he he went home one day and his wife he, he treated his wife very poorly, and his wife said, if you would only treat me like those in the congregation, I'd feel a lot better about things. You're nice to everybody in the church, but the moment we go home, you're a rascal towards me. You're embittered against me. Well, we're called not to treat our wives harshly. One writer says, this speaks of a man who is domineering and harsh. Paul tells husbands not to call their wives honey, and then act like vinegar. Oh, I love you, honey. I love you, honey. But then she feels like she's your doormat. That shouldn't be the case, right? If we are going to be harsh with our wives, and sometimes men become impatient with women, I'm being real, because there's differences in emotional needs and communication. This is why we need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ guys, so that we can love well. This is why, ladies, in order to submit to your husband, when he may frustrate you, you need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you submit to his leadership and he's loving you as Christ loved the church, there's a beautiful symmetry in marriage. But when one thing is lacking, when a husband's being harsh with his wife or a wife can't submit to his uh, leadership, it's not a good combination. D.L. Moody said, if I wanted to find out whether a man was a Christian, I wouldn't ask his pastor, I would ask his wife. If a man doesn't treat his wife right, I don't want to hear him talk about Christianity. What is the use of his talking about salvation for the next life if he has no salvation for this one? Close quote. I know, but Paul's bringing it home. Now, I ask that today be a family service because of verse 20, and all you parents will be grateful. Children, we don't want to leave you out. Children, be obedient to your parents. What's it say? In all things, for this is well-pleasing 
to the Lord. Now, everybody just turn over to Ephesians, which is just a few pages back. Ephesians 5. As we did the introduction to Colossians, we talked about how there's many parallels between Ephesians and Colossians. So look at chapter 6, verse 1. Chapter 6, verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, Ephesians 6, 2, which is the first commandment with a promise. It's from the Ten Commandments. That it may, may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, we have a foundation that leads into family life in both Ephesians and Colossians that I want you to see. It says, let the word of Christ richly dwell. Let the peace of Christ, let the word of Christ richly dwell. Then it goes into family relationships. Everybody remember that? Colossians 3, 15 and 16. Take a look at Ephesians 5, 18. It says this, don't get drunk with wine for that is dissipation, it's a waste, but be filled with the spirit. It says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, Colossians 3.16. You might want to write that in your margin. Here it says, be filled with the Spirit. Notice the symmetry, the similarities. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And then it says, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, the husband is the head of the wife, as we talked about. Skip down to verse 25. Husbands, love your wife. Wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then skip down to verse 33. Ephesians 5, 33. Nevertheless, let each individual among you also love his own wife, even as himself, and let the wife see to it that she respect her husband. How many of you have heard of the book Love and Respect? Raise up your hand. Okay, just maybe about 20% of you. The book Love and Respect was written based upon Ephesians 5.33, and it says this. This is the essence of the book. It says that Ephesians 5.33 identifies the greatest needs of men and women. One of the greatest needs of a man is respect. Can I get a witness, brothers? One of the greatest needs of a woman, or the top need, I would say, is love. Patient love, security. It doesn't mean that a woman doesn't want respect. Of course she does. It doesn't mean that a man doesn't want love. Of course he does. But in terms of the major thrust of how we are wired, men long for respect and women long for love. And when we're able to give that, according to the biblical model, we're able to bless one another in marriage. You got married to bless the other one, didn't you? When you went to the altar, you didn't go up to the altar, go back to Colossians 3 with the idea, you know what, I think I'm just gonna make this person's life miserable for the next 50 years. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's not what you did. You went up to the altar with all the best intentions, right? To love, to honor, to cherish. I'm often the third party at these weddings and the two who are getting married, oh, they're all goo-goo-ga-ga. They can't take their eyes off each other. I love it. They're whispering to each other. I love you. I love you. They want to kiss each other before the formal kiss. I'm like, stop it. You can't kiss until I say you can kiss. (laughs) And then something happens to us. What is it? Sometimes we get away from God's plan. We don't work on 
keeping the flame of romance strong. As to our children, children are to be obedient to their parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. I suppose every generation says this, but I'll say it because I think we see it. There's a lot of disrespect, not a lot of maybe emphasis on respecting authority in our up-and-coming generation. And I'm talking about police officers and parents and pastors, right? There are positions that are worthy of respect. I just threw a pastor in there so you'd give me an extra candy bar today. (laughs) Anyway, look at verse 21. Fathers, do not exasperate your children that they may not lose heart. Now, I'm gonna address the dads in the room and I wanna tell you about the balance that the Bible calls you to. You are to raise your children. I have three boys at home. They're all older now. The youngest just turned 18. So I have a little bit of mileage behind me to talk about this subject. So here's the thing. Your children need you to guide them. They may not always speak it. And a lot of your guidance is going to be by example, but some of it is going to be by your direct uh, guidance in terms of teaching. It was funny, we were somewhere yesterday and people have all these notions of what it means to have a father as a pastor. When my boys were in Little League and I was coaching Little League, some of the other players would find out what, my, what I did for a living and they would say something like this to my kids. Is your dad a priest or something? <laughs> What's that like? Do you have church services like every night in your living room? Does, and so somebody said something yesterday. They, they were with my son for a day and they, they were asking him questions like, what's it like to have a dad as a pastor? Does he preach to you like every half an hour? Does he? <laughs> no, no. Three times a day. That's pretty, pretty much. I'd roll the pulpit into the living room. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here. For the sake of these little ankle biters <laughs> who need to grow into godly men, open your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes as I pontificate on the spiritual ecclesiastical structure of a, I didn't do that. But I did do something. When we were at the dinner table, I would open my Bible to a passage. We'd read a little. And sometimes they were, he touching me, he touching me, he touching me, he touching me. And I wanted everything to go perfect in the family devotions. I would say, pay attention. I'm giving you the Greek definition of this word. <laughs> and they'd be like, he touched me. He did it. Sometimes it was like a circus. And then I listened to some of these broadcasts from Family Life and Focus on the Family. They were saying, look, in family devotions, it doesn't have to be perfect. They're catching more than you think. Don't ex- expect, you know, everything just to be quiet and just, just do the best you can. And when you're all together, just give them one nugget of truth. You know, don't give them the whole Bible, an aerial view of all 66 books. Okay, boys, we're starting in Genesis. The author is Moses. This was written in, just give them a nugget. And so I, I started to do this as a dad. I started to just try to start dropping nuggets of truth into their pocket. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. 
Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. They're catching more than you think. Don't ex- expect, you know, everything just to be quiet and just, just do the best you can. And when you're all together, just give them one nugget of truth, you know. Don't give them the whole Bible, an aerial view of all 66 books. Okay, boys, we're starting in Genesis. The author is Moses. This was written in, just give them a nugget. And so I, I started to do this as a dad. I started to just try to start dropping nuggets of truth into their pocket. And I would use teachable moments in life and I would just try to pour into them as best I could. I also wanted them to see my faith and I had some other pastors warn me not to be too over the top because PKs, everybody know what that means? Pastors, kids, sometimes get resentful of the church or the ministry and so I tried to keep a careful balance. We were in church, of course, all the time. But I tried to keep a careful balance with the way I didn't want them to become exasperated. When you're a PK and you're in Sunday school, all the other kids think you should know all the answers, right? Oh, you, oh, you didn't know that? That's the pastor of the church. No, they don't know everything. But I'll tell you what, my children have had a great experience growing up in the church. But there's things that you have to do that are intentional. Dads, don't exasperate your children. Look at verse 21. This is our final verse. Exasperate, I think, is self-evident, but here's the word. It means don't stir them up, provoke them, irritate them to anger. Don't make them feel like they can never please you. Because if they feel like they can never please you, please hear me well. At some point, your child will give up trying to please you. And they may make an internal decision. Some of you, this hits close to home because you could never please your parents. They will make an internal decision that since they can't please you, they're going to stop trying. And so this is where we need that balance of loving guidance, the fear and admonition of the Lord, pouring into them, keeping them accountable, healthy discipline, explaining why we're doing what we're doing, and at the same time, encouragement. Here's the healthy balance. As much as you discipline, you should encourage. And if you have to find things to encourage them for, then find them. And usually what happens in households, because we're human, is we go one too far one way or too far the other way, right? We, don't, we, we may not be a great encourager or we may be too much on that side and we don't discipline our children. And then we see the little brat in the third aisle of the shopping you know, store and, and she's trying to negotiate with him on the floor, or he is. Okay, I'll give you the piece of candy, just stop screaming. And people who are walking by are saying, spank that child. They start in a refrain. They start singing it together. Spank that child, spank that <laughs> I'm not talking about abusing the child, but I am saying on occasion, 
I did apply the board of knowledge to the seed of understanding. (laughs) Amen? And then I would say something like this. And they would, I would hug them and say, now do you know why you, I told you the boundary, I told you what was gonna happen. And I'd say, okay, let's pray together, but I told you not to do that. That's the balance that we have to have. Josh McDowell says, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. When you have a relationship with your child, I think it's obviously you can have these kinds of situations and talks. Don't exasperate your children because look at the end of the the verse, and this is one of the things that we don't want to happen to anybody We don't want anyone to lose heart. It's becoming less common these days for a teenager to have time isolated for focused interaction with their family members. This is from George Barna. Most of the time they spend with their family is what you might uh, call family and time. Family and TV, family and dinner, family and homework. The lives of each family member are usually so jam-packed that the opportunity to spend time together doing unique activities, talking about life, visiting special places, playing games, sharing spiritual explorations, has to be scheduled in advance and few do so. Beloved author and professor Dr. Howard Hendricks once asked his grown children what they remembered the most fondly from their childhood. Listen to this. Was it vacations they took, the trips to theme parks or the zoo? No, they answered. It was when dad got on the floor and wrestled with them. That's the way children think. It is especially the way boys think. The most meaningful activities in the family are often those simple interactions that build lasting connections between generations, close quote. You know, they've done surveys and they've said the the families that are the healthiest and doing the best are families that spend a little time together talking about uh, life stuff. They have dinner together. Things that used to be assumed, they turn off devices when they're trying to have a conversation. If you read the surveys lately and you read the top five things that make a healthy family, you'd look at it if you're my age and you'd say, duh. But it's not duh anymore. It's something that we've got to do. Unfortunately, we live in a society where nearly half of all children are likely to experience parental divorce and family breakup. Thus, this becomes a defining and painful event of American childhood itself. An off-quote survey says that fathers spend an average of 37 seconds a day with their children. Can I say that again? An oft-quoted survey says the average father spends 37 seconds a day with their children. Wow, how can you make an investment in 37 seconds? What can you get done in that time? And so we need this great balance. The word parent means we take care of and kids need our physical touch. They need us to pour into them. This is from German writer Zuckmeyer. He says, if one has lived in America and seen in countless cases what injustice is done to children, one has had enough of it. One sees too much that someone hidden behind misunderstood psychoanalytical maxims allows them to become little tyrants and ill-humored despots or dictators whom adults crawl in front of for pure convenience only to get peace. And one sees how this takes effect in the unfortunate adolescence when they are brought up without authority, 
and confronted with the difficulties of life. I'll say this because I'm watching it happen. I'm seeing it on university campuses right now. It's a different world out there, folks. And that world is that in many ways we have tried to appease a generation that's becoming softer and softer. I heard somebody say, what do you think the the greatest generation would say of our current generation right now? The greatest generation that had to fight wars for our freedom. What do you think their assessment of our current generation would be? Those are some hard questions to think about. And so that's why we need to say, Grandpa, tell me about the good old days. Sometimes it feels like this world's gone crazy. Grandpa, take me back to yesterday when the line between right and wrong didn't seem so hazy. Did lovers really fall in love to stay? Stand beside each other, come what may. A promise really something people kept, not something that they would say and forget. Did families really bow their heads to pray? Daddies really never go away. Grandpa, tell me about the good old days. Well, Father, I pray that we can recapture those, you know, sometimes when we say the good old days, it seems like the good old days maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe they weren't so good, but maybe they were. Lord, I know this is a group of people this morning that's come here on this Father's Day because I believe they want to be what you've called them to be. That's what I want to be, Lord. And I think on behalf of all of us, I would just ask for your forgiveness in areas where we have fallen short, Lord. I would ask for your forgiveness and repent of areas where I have fallen short. As a parent, as a husband, as a man of God, We need revival in our nation, Lord. And you said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, if they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Father, we need your healing desperately, but we know it starts with us turning to you fully. And Lord, we know that you are gracious when we fall short. And this room is filled with a bunch of people who have made many mistakes, many sins. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace that covers us day in and day out, moment by moment. But Lord, in areas where we need to get it right and we've been walking away, we, we have known it in the weeks and months behind us. We have felt your hand upon us saying, don't keep entertaining that. Don't keep going there. And we've ignored you or played games. Lord, Would you cleanse us of that? Would you forgive us? Would this Father's Day of 2017, Lord, be a marker of a new change, a new direction for those who need it? You've been listening to God's Rule in Relationships, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians 3, 15 through 21. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, the Living Truth app is a great way to stay up to date with what we're doing here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Bible studies, family events, and of course, worship services. If you're out of the area, the LT app has a lot for you too. You can watch and listen to Pastor Michael's latest teachings. Download the Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, maybe you would say something like this. You know, I want to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and his authority and for his glory, but sometimes I just mess up. 
<laughs> you know, I'm, I'm at work. I'm trying to be a good witness and I mess up. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, in a, in a context with family and I mess up or with my kids and I'm not being a very good representative. What do I do now? Will people be looking down on Jesus? Well, I think that that's always possible if we, you know, are blowing it big time. But let's, let's face it. Our imperfections as a human doesn't mean that Jesus isn't worth following. And sometimes, you know, if you've made a mistake in front of a coworker or a friend or your child, maybe honesty, <laughs> what a concept. Maybe just saying, hey, you know what? I fall short sometimes. This is my goal. You know, I want to I want to glorify Jesus, but sometimes I fall short. Maybe right there is an opportunity to talk about grace and talk about how we all miss the mark, but God's grace is there for us. And if you're feeling a little beat up these days, you know, like I'm not hitting the mark and what do I do now? Don't give up because God doesn't give up on you. Keep reading your Bible. Keep staying in prayer and fellowship. Keep walking with the Lord because he is changing you from one degree of glory to another, a little bit more into the image of Jesus Christ. And um, he who began that good work in you, he's going to finish it to the day of Christ. Now, we are going to do a final part in God's rule in relationships tomorrow, and we will see you right here. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. Pray for us. We appreciate it. We'll catch you soon. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Colossians 3, 22 through 4, 6, called Words and Deeds. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.